sis. Hey, welcome to a new episode of That's My Sis, the one and only podcast created for the resident, loyal to a fault, strong friend who is available for everyone else's problems, but hears crickets when her life is falling apart. Whether you're the strong friend in your high school crew, church sisterhood, or strong sister or daughter in your family, you will find space to be seen to be heard and celebrated for your strength, your resilience, and tenacity when listening to That's My Sis podcast. This is your time to forget about being the answer for others. Instead, be refreshed, be poured into, and empowered in Christ. Says, laugh, cry, shout, that's my sis. Whenever you hear something that resonates with your soul, Let's hop into today's episode entitled, Trusting the Process of Forgiveness. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to That's My Sis podcast, a podcast for the resident strong friend. And this is your host, the lovely, the beautiful, the incomparable (laughs) Jasmine Lanise, aka the queen of inspiration. I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. No, this episode, I really just want to talk to you. Is that okay? I don't got nothing really deep to say. I don't even know why Jesus gave me this. So this is our segment, Sis, Let Me Tell You. Girl, let me tell you this. That I have been having a week, y'all. I have been having one week that it has been busy. Now, now I ain't complaining. So don't think I'm complaining. You better not be thinking I'm complaining. But I'm going to tell you this. I have had one heck of a week. Where the moment I wake up, when I wake up and put on my makeup, you know, what um, Aretha said. <laughs> I, when I've been waking up, I have had nonstop phone calls. Some of you guys who are listening know me personally. What's up, y'all? Hi. Hi, babe. Um, You guys know that I am a Christian counselor and life coach. And so I focus on inner healing. I focus on deliverance. And I focus on discipling people through the word of God to increase and build their faith and their confidence. So I help women build their faith, live by faith, walk in faith, and I also help them increase their confidence. Don't ask me how this got anything to do with the topic, because baby girl, I don't know yet, but we about to go on this ride together, because today we just going to talk. And so I have been having one heck of a week. Listen, it ain't been bad things. It hasn't. Um, God is increasing my business. I'm having, you know, consistent clients. I meet about right now between three to four clients per week. And, you know, um, and then those impromptu sessions that I have with other people who call for wisdom and advice. God is a good God. Yes, he is for allowing me to get to this place. And it took me trusting the process of forgiveness, forgiving myself, forgiving them people over there that hurt me, and just forgiving the feeling of delay, you know, like that feeling of I'm delayed. And so it has been one heck of a week. I have been praying. I have been ministering. I've been teaching. I have been loving on people. I've been able to spend time with my husband. 
I have been one busy chica and it has been a blessing because I did not know that I will get to this place. And so it's so interesting to see the busyness and how quickly my schedule has shifted. And I have to make sure that I plan things that have been so simple and easy. So sis, let me tell you that when you began this process of trust, first off, when you begin trusting the process, not just going through the process, we go through processes every day. You get your hair done, you get your makeup on, you go through a process every day. But when you begin to trust the process of whatever it is that you're doing and whatever God is bringing you to, you will begin to see that there is something on the other side. Then you will begin to learn something about yourself. Then you will begin to let go and release. That's what forgiveness is. Letting go and releasing. You will begin to forgive those who despitefully use you. You will begin to let go of those things that you had a misstep on. And you will begin to see, whoa, the light that I have been holding myself from, the busyness, being booked and busy, baby, I've been holding myself from. Girl, it's on the other side of you trusting the process of forgiveness. That's what we're going to talk about today. That's what God has been showing me, that I had to trust the fact that he wanted me to forgive certain people, that he wanted me to forgive um, the delay of certain timelines in order for me to be able to receive all that I'm receiving right now. I, 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 can't, I could not have received who I am, what I am, the people in my life, if I had not trusted that forgiveness was one of the keys to the kingdom. It was one of the keys to unlocking my greatness. I did not get it. I I, I didn't get it. Seriously, I didn't understand that I needed to forgive myself. I needed to forgive myself for delayed um, for delayed obedience. And I needed to learn how to forgive myself when I could not delay my own gratification. Last week, we talked about comparison. I had to even forgive myself for comparing myself to people who I love and love me back. But I miss the uniqueness and the greatness and the power of being a Jasmine. I could not realize that power because I was so focused on who I was not, and what I needed to do to be like them. So let me tell you, sis, if you're listening to this podcast while you're driving, while you're laying down, while you're doing work, whatever you're doing, trust the process of forgiveness. Trust that if you begin to release the things that have been weighing you down emotionally, causing this little crick in your neck, causing you to, you know, get a frog in your throat and and it can't jump. I promise you, if you trust me, as we walk through this together, you will see that it's time for you to forgive. Forgive yourself, forgive, forgive others and forgive the hope and the expectation Let those things go. Stop holding on and making them hostage, keeping them hostage, I mean. And so I just told you, girl, we about to go through this journey because I'm literally just talking and we literally are going to just explore some thoughts and some things. All right, let's get into this next segment. 
we are in this next segment and it is Lord help us. Now, these words have never rung more true in these three episodes prior than it is today. Because Lord, help us to forgive, help us to hold out. That's an old song we used to sing in the um, youth choir at church. Lord, help us to hold out until um, our change has come. And so Lord, help us is no, it's very much more realer today, right now, as I'm recording this, as it's been any other time. So what do we need the Lord to help us with? Let's talk about this. What is trust? How can you trust a process to forgive or of forgiveness if you don't have trust? I'm talking to you, strong friend. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You don't have trust. You do not trust people. You want to know how I know? Because you have been the person that... You don't let people close to you. How can you be the strong friend and you don't let people close to you? Hmm. Let me think about this. How many of us have decided to be strong? We've decided to be independent. We've decided to be outgoing. We've decided to be loud and unapologetic only because something has happened to us or we were born are put in a place where if we were not boisterous, if we weren't loud, then we would not be seen or heard. Sometimes we become dependable because we don't want to deal with the fact that we don't like being alone. So being a strong friend, we are heavy on the likability. We're heavy on the talented we're heavy on the creativity, but we're also heavy on the poor relationships with ourselves and others because a lot of the times something has affected us, whether we admit it or we know it or not, that has affected us and to the, to the point where we have a mistrust of people. My idea of trust is that you give people the ability and the capacity to be who they truly are. And then you decide with boundaries, healthy boundaries, how to continue to deal with them. You decide how much of your emotions, your energy, your feelings, your spirit that you give them. That's how I look at trust. It took me a minute. It took me a minute to have confidence to to be able to rely and depend on people because I did not know how to rely and depend on myself. Being the resident strong friend does not always mean that you have a good relationship with yourself. It just means that you've traded in the relationship with you, the relationship with God for being <laughs> available for other people. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have a good relationship with yourself. I have made it my point in my lifetime to allow myself to have the better relationship with myself. Outside of God, I want to know me best. Outside of God, I want to know me most. And so I have decided that in order for me to trust any process of healing, deliverance, freedom, forgiveness, I have to know what I'm trusting. 
What am I relying on? What am I believing in? What am I putting full confidence in? What am I opening up myself to? And who am I doing it to? You know, in regards to like giving my innermost thoughts and feelings, I have to begin to have trust. How do we begin to build trust? We have to admit that we're scared. You have to admit that you're scared sometimes. You have to admit the fact that, you know what? I don't know what this person will do. I don't know if I follow these instructions that are given to, to me by God. I don't know if I have this drawing, this inkling that I should move here. I should go here. I should quit this job. I don't know what's going to catch me. I don't know who's going to catch me. And I don't know what it's going to feel like or look like. You have to begin to build trust by acknowledging the doubts and the fear. When we begin to acknowledge, like, listen, I don't know the outside of this, but what I can rely on is the fact that I'm smart. What I can rely on is the fact that God is faithful. What I can rely on is the fact that I may have a few women, a few men in my life who I can call up and they'll pray with me. They'll encourage me. They'll give me wisdom. They'll give me connections. That's what you can trust. When you begin to realize what trust or what reliability that you have within yourself and you have with God, then you can do anything. You will be able to walk in the dark and see because you're not trusting the fact that you'll fail. You're trusting the ability of God. You're trusting the ability of you. You are relying because trust is just a reliance. You're being dependent on the capability of someone else. Here's the thing though. Let's back up. Why do we not have trust? We don't have trust because we have been let down. So that means someone was not dependable in a way in which we wanted them to be dependable. We have been raised by caregivers who say, for me, it's the home. I'm going to take you to Disneyland or the home. I'm going to take you skating. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I ain't going to do it. And so that really made me distrust people. So here, this here's the thing that I learned. And I'm going to share it with you. I learned this when I was married um, the first time. And what I realized in, in being with my husband now is that the first time I was married, I only trusted people's words. One thing that I knew that I did quickly is I trusted people's words. I did not give them time to show me how consistent, persistent, and diligent they were with what they said and what they did. Many of us can't trust God because we're not allowing ourselves to see how persistent, how diligent, and how consistent he is with what he says he's going to do, what he says that he can do and who he says that he is because we're comparing him to the people who did not have their words and their actions in alignment. The thing is, we always, we trust people by positioning how we position them. Oh, it's my mother. I position her as mother. So I know that's an authority figure. Yes, that person is definitely an authority figure, 
But when you grow up, you have no control over what he or she, mother or father, does. You have really no control over what he or she, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, what they do. So when they break that trust of the family relationship, we begin to live our life not trusting every man, every dark-skinned man, every light-skinned man, every Hispanic or black man, or every Caucasian man. We live our life from this formed opinion from a bad experience. The thing is, trust should not be built on what people can do to harm you. Trust should be built on what is the good in the person, what can they do, what will they do, what have I seen them do? Some people cannot be trusted. Why? Because the good in them is not, <laughs> is not as prevalent as the negative or the bad. Hear me again. I pray that you hear this. I pray that I make sense to you. That the reason why it's hard for us to miss, to, I mean, excuse me, to trust people is because everything we learned about trust has been mistrust, has been distrust, has been the negative side of what it looks like to relying on people and they have not done what they said they were going to do. They have not been who they said they're going to be. So the thing is, how can you begin to trust the process of healing, of forgiveness, of deliverance, of growth, or whatever it is you need to trust the process of and whatever you put your thing of a trust in the process I just want to talk about forgiveness today. How can I do that if what I know as trust has always been broken? I cannot rely on them. I cannot depend on them. I cannot put, put open up my heart and put my feelings on the table with them because they themselves are liars. They don't know anything. They don't know what they mean. They don't know what they want to do. They don't know if they're coming or going. So now it's time for you to take all of that you learn and really ask yourself, do I trust who I am now? I can't rely on that. I can't rely on that teaching. That was faulty over there. But if I say that I've let Jesus into my heart, because this is a podcast for women who are believers. If you are not a believer, you only trusting what you know and what you know, whether you are a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you are whatever you are, that is a false doctrine that does not truly believe that Jesus Christ is the son of man, whatever you believe. I love you the same. But the thing is, you cannot trust the, the rulers and the principalities of this world. Why? Because they are false. Why are they false? How are they false? These things that we see are false. Why? Because all they do is take from us. All they do is break us. All they do is give us temporary pleasure and you have to seek after them again. I cannot trust anyone, anything that if I have to be in relationship with you, I have to give up the very essence of everything good about me to take on and to be re to be reminded about everything that is bad about me. And so we don't realize sometimes that in this world, we put trust in man. We put trust in the stars. We put trust in broken systems because we don't realize our greatest dependability, our greatest reliability is Jesus Christ and his blood that was shed for us. 
We don't even realize that we have put trust in people who have been given rule over this, over us, but their hearts have not been surrendered. Their souls have not been purified. Their minds have not been renewed and they are not transformed to be the very person, the very being that God had created them to be. So how can I trust a process? How can I trust a person that what they say and what they do do not line up? So how can you trust me? How can you trust me telling you today that trust begins with your reliability, your dependability on the spirit of God, on his word and on who he said that he is, who that who he said that he'll always be and who he's been in your life. How can you trust it? I'm going to tell you how you can trust me because you have to now begin to decide. If is what she's saying is what I know about her is what I've seen her do. If you know me personally, does that align with what she says she believes in? So if you know me, integrity, honesty, justice, those are the three things. I'm just going to go with those three things. I am about integrity. I'm always honest. I do my best to be honest. I will have to admit lying. I'm not good. I'm not a good liar. And so integrity, doing the right thing at the right time, even when no one's looking always, always, <laughs> there's no sometimes, always. I do not try to break the law. I'm, I'm always urging people to do the right thing. So if I'm saying this, I'm saying to you here, I'm standing in this place. I'm talking from this space of listen. I've been broken, I've been jacked up, I've been rude, I've been mean. But what I'm telling you is because I've decided to live from integrity, because I've decided to live a life unto Christ, because I've decided to live a life of healing and deliverance and saturating myself in the word and the presence of God, I am no longer depressed. I'm no longer suicidal and I'm no longer bound. So you trust me because I'm speaking with authority. I can articulate what I'm what I'm saying and I can give you multiple examples of what God has done for me. And I can tell you the difference is in who I was and who I used to be. And if we needed to, I can also bring examples of people who can give testimony of who I am. But the thing is, you have to hear what I say. You have to allow it to resonate with your with the good part of your spirit, the good part of your soul. What does she mean the good part? No, it ain't in the Bible. So don't don't go look it up. I ain't saying <laughs> this is the Bible, but I'm saying your your soul that resonates, your spirit that will resonate with the word of God that is in you. If if I am speaking anything that is challenging you to question how you've been living, I am coming from a place of truth. So there is trust there, right? Truth and trust go to, together. If I am honest, I most likely am trustworthy. If I'm integral, I'm most likely trustworthy. I'll most likely be trustworthy if, I'm, if I operate from fairness and justice. Why? Because I will not allow myself to cross my own moral boundaries. I will not allow myself to to go against the values and the principles in which I believe that Jesus the Christ left on earth through the word of God for us. 
I know you're like, what does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with it. You've been trusting people who have not examined themselves. <laughs> You've been trusting people who have not put limitations and 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 operate from a moral and sta- uh, moral standard values you've been you've been trusting people just because they sound good because they look good but you don't even know what they believe in if you listen to me and you talk or you hang around me you're going to know what my values are then you're going to begin to look and see, do I operate from integrity? Do I operate from compassion? Do I operate from inspiration? Do I operate from fairness? Do I operate from justice? You're going to see, do I operate from these things because of the fact that you are now looking to trust only those who are reliable and dependable, meaning they're consistent, they're persistent, and they're diligent about who they say that they are. And they can show up as who they are everywhere that they go. I show up as who I am everywhere that I go. So before I got to this place of understanding what trust for me is, understanding what true trust looks like, I had to know, God, are you dependable? Yes, he's the same God. When I was being molested, he's the same God. When I was being raped, he's the same God. I'm not blaming God for the actions of man. Why? Because God is a spirit. So because he has, check this out, I'm about to get excited something just hit me because God has laws. He has principles in which he operates in, right? He does not go against himself. He is justice. He has checks and balances. He is integrity. He has checks and balances. He has principles in which he operates off of. He has principles in which the angels operate off of. And so if you know anything about Lucifer, you know that he decided to operate out of alignment with the principles of heaven and he was kicked out so i cannot trust anyone who went against the creator of all things didn't need a creator has laws and principles that keep him in check that means god is above all in all through all over all and the thing is he will never go against himself okay (laughs) that was a good one hallelujah I will shout there by myself that God is not going to go against himself and cause confusion. God is not a God of confusion. That means that over here on the West, right? If God is on the working on the West and abuse is happening on the West, he's giving an answer or he's healing someone in the East to be able to pull that person out in the West and provide a place for them to go. If if there is calamity in the North, God is creating someone in the South to be able to rise up and provide solution that the, the flooding or whatever would not happen. No, God does not take away calamity, but what God does is because he's dependable, because he's trustable, because he's reliable, because you can see his diligence in his love, he's persistent in wanting to be with us, that he will always find a way for us to escape. He will always find a place of safety. He will always remind us of how good and how lovable and how great and how capable and how much 
joy we can truly have and be because that's who he is. He doesn't change. He's never changed. When I was being molested, God did not change for me. You want to know why? Because the same time I was being molested, the second time, that's when I got saved. And so I got saved at seven and I was molested by this particular foster brother from seven years old to nine. And so when I was molested by this foster brother and the song Silver and Gold by Kirk Franklin came out, if you know my story, I'm just sharing it again to teach us about trust, the process, uh, the trusting, the process of forgiveness. Let's talk about trust first. I want to break this down is that when I was being molested at seven, between seven and nine, I got saved at seven. I remember that like it was yesterday. It was silver and gold. It became one of my first solos in the youth choir because I would rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'm still that way. I should have known I would have been a preacher. I should have known that I was a prophet at that time, right? That God was going to put me in ministry because I rather have his presence. I should have known I was called to worship and to lead others into worship because of me wanting to have Jesus more and than silver or gold, you know? And so when I was in that position, I was in that place where I needed him so much, I did not I did not say, God, why didn't you stop him? I didn't say, God, why did it happen to me? What I said was, God, I heard that you are close to the brokenhearted. I heard that you, Father God, can create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I heard that you were close, you were close and you honored those who are poor in spirit, that we will inherit God, that we will be able to see God. You said, God, that if I called on you, that no matter what it was in this world, that if I decided to follow Jesus, it said in the song, what, what protective man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul. I knew from the lyrics of the soloist that if I called on Jesus, that it didn't matter if in the midnight hour that my body was being violated. It didn't matter if in the midnight hour that I was going through pain. It did not matter if I did not know who to tell and where to go to. That if I was calling on a dependable relatable, reliable God who was diligent and persistent and consistent and what he would do for someone like me. I knew that I could trust him. I knew it. No matter what it looked like, I knew that I could trust God. So I'm telling you, I'm urging you, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you that if you don't trust man, You better trust God. And when you begin to realize that God is reliable, you can rely on him. The thing is, you want it to be your way. You want it to be from your imagination. You want it to be from how it makes you feel comfortable. But if you rely on God, if you say, God, I know that you have a better plan than I do, because I know that you are the creator of the very plan that I even think the enemy is trying to influence me 
to do something that would be against the greater of what you have for me. So I am relying on you. Then God, I know that you are persistent. You do not give up. You are persistent in your pursuit of me because no matter if I was in a dark room, no matter if I was trying to commit suicide, guys, it did not matter what I was doing, who I was sleeping with. It was still God's love who said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. When I was in my lowest places, there was a hymn that was like, pass me not, O gentle Savior. And every time that I would sing that in my room with tears as a teenager and a young adult, I knew that God was persistent enough to come hear my cries. I'm trying to tell you that God is diligent. He's thorough in what he does. He's thorough in where he's going to place you. He's thorough in every plan. So when I begin to realize that he's reliable, that he is persistent, that he's consistent and he's diligent, I said, God, if you are those things, why can't I be? If I'm created in your likeness and in your image, then why can I I not be? So that means I become trustworthy because now I'm imitating the very creator of myself. I need you to understand that in order for you to trust the process, you need to begin to acknowledge and examine the places where you are not persistent, where you are not diligent, where you are not reliable, where you are not persistent or consistent. You, you're not in these things for yourself, strong friend, for yourself. We've got to turn inward and say, Lord, I know you are these things, but help me help my unbelief, help my disbelief, help me in the places where I do not know where to go. So how do we begin trusting the process? We trust the process by defining what trust is and trust should be people who are reliable, who are persistent, who are consistent and who are diligent to the values and the beliefs that they say that they have. If they are not, if their words and their actions do not align, you watch them from a distance. The Bible tells us to test the spirit by the spirit. You watch them behave. You watch them treat people. That's when you should know if you can open up your heart to them. And when you begin and and you see them and you're like, okay, well, all right. I heard good things about them. Ask people about people. Stop, stop thinking that it's it's gossip to ask people. Say, hey, well, you know, I want to get to know or I'm interested in knowing. What do you know about this person? What is your experience with them? And if you are close and have been in close proximity with the person telling you about the other person, take everything with a grain of salt. When you hear the testimony of two or three, I want you to begin to pray about that person. Then you will begin to build trust. Then you begin to build trust. You build trust through walking with people. You build trust with asking questions. You build trust with listening to answers. You build trust by watching their character and examining their reputation. That's how we begin the process. That's how we get to forgiveness. And so I'm going to end this. I'm going to fly this plane here and I will see you 
on the other side. I just want to pray for some people who may be dealing with um, mistrust. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I say thank you that you are a dependable, you are a relatable, you are a reliable God, that you are persistent in your pursuit of us, that you sent your son, Jesus, the Christ on the cross, because you are persistent in us being free. You're persistent in us coming back to the fold and coming back to the original design and intent of who we are supposed to be here in the earth and in heaven. God, we say thank you that you're consistent, that you show up the same same time with love, with grace, with mercy and forgiveness. And every time we fall, you're consistent in how you pick us up. Lord, you are diligent that everything that you do, every plan that you have, God, that it is thorough, that you plan it out, that you don't want work and walk hastily, that you have a plan B, A, C, and D, that you, God, are not haphazard in how you love us and how you chastise us and how you blessed us and how you anointed us and how you gifted us and how you will use us, that you will use those who are open to your, your will and your word. God, I'm praying for my sister's I'm praying for some of my brothers who who listen to this. God, I'm praying that they have not been able to be vulnerable and rely on people because what their actions and what their thoughts and their intent and their motives, God, they have been impure. God, these people that we've leaned on, these people that we trusted in these places and titles of brother, of sister, cousin, uncle, dad, father, um, I mean, uh, spiritual father and the light God, mother, that we've, we've put them in these places. Are Some of them were put in our life by you and God, you know their character. God, you know their shortcomings. God, you know their weaknesses. Father, we did not know these things. So I'm praying that you will heal the heart of my sister or my brother who is dealing with the mistrust of people, who's dealing with the mistrust of your spirit because of people. They were operating from a place of brokenness. They were operating from a place of ignorance. They were operating from a place of pride. God, I want you to feel the place within my sister and my brother's heart so that they will be able, Father, to lift you up and to love you. God, open up their heart. You said in your word that you would give us a heart of flesh uh, in exchange for a heart of stone. We need our heart of stone to be turned to flesh, God. Show them who to trust. But most importantly, build trust within themselves through your word. Let them believe that We've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Let them begin to believe and reprogram their mind, Father, that it that, that deliverance is the children's bread, that you are our Father in heaven, you are creator, and they are your children, they are your creations, and so you want nothing but the best of them. Let them begin to believe that they are your workmanship. Let them begin to believe that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Father God, show them how they when you were there, God, show them when you have manifested yourself for them in a situation that they didn't even know, God. Let them begin to rely on you so that they can begin to rely in the strength and the power that is within them, that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. And so, God, I say thank you tonight. Thank you today. Thank you this morning. Whenever they listen to this, this podcast episode, that 
they will understand that the people who failed them, they failed them not because they were unworthy, meaning that your daughter was not unworthy, that your son was not unworthy. Those people failed them because of their own brokenness, because of their own misuse of power. So, Father, I'm asking you to show them how to love again by knowing that who they are in you was worthy enough. Yes, our sin made us unworthy, but you saw the value under us so that we were saved. You see the value of us, even when the people that you put over us don't God. So begin to show them how to believe again. Show them where you've been this whole time, God. Let them see the footprints in the sand. Let them see where you carried them. Let them see what you have done in the midst of darkness so that they will begin to open up their eyes and say, God, I can rely on you because when it was dark, when I didn't know my way out, you moved on my behalf. You used vessels who were truly surrendered to you. God, you even used vessels who were full of wickedness because you control the heart of the king. Those who are full of wickedness, you have used even those people who tried to harm us and you've turned it around for our good. So God, I'm praying for their deliverance. I'm praying for the healing that they will begin to find women that they can trust who will not tell their secrets because they've been because they like to gossip and they're bored with their life. But God, I pray that then when they come to this podcast, they know that if they ever told me a secret, that I will begin to war for them. I want them to know that when they reach me, when they call me, when they text me or email me, when they hear this, this is a place for them to know that it wasn't me who was so great, but it's the God in me. And I will always be available because if it had not been for Jesus, I would be broken. I would be on the street. I would be out of my mind. So God, the way that you've healed me, heal them too. The way that you restored me, restore them too. The way that you've given me the boundaries to trust. The way that you've given me, Father, the um the ability to have discernment. Give it to them, Lord. Give it to them, Father. Give them the portion, Father. Let me impart into them the ability to see those who have the wrong intent against them. That that they will be able to see those who are living upright, who have a moral compass, who have values and, and, and principles and beliefs in which they operate from. The people, God, who are not trying to get over on other people, who are not trying to tear down one another, but they will begin to see the people for who they are. God, make the wheat and the tear separate. Let them see the sheep and the goat. And Father, if they've been a tear, Father, I know you can do a, transpl a, a transplant. I know that you can do a transfusion. I know that you can make them over. And so, God, if you decide to do it tonight, if you decide to do it today, if you decide to do it whenever they listen to this, Lord God, transplant them from being a tear, from being someone who is not trustworthy because they don't have trust in themselves. Make them over, Father. Make them brand new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's get to the next uh, segment.
So we are on the next segment. This will preach. I want to give you a, a, a quick overview of what I'm saying trust is. Trust first begins with yourself. We are now at a place where we're accountable for ourselves. So we have to begin trusting ourselves. How do you begin to trust yourself? You have to acknowledge the places where you have been let down. You have to acknowledge the places where you're not the strongest, where you're not reliable, where you're not dependable, where you're not honest or integral. In order to build trust, you have to start with a clear foundation of beliefs, values, and principles in which you will live by, you will speak by, and you will treat other people by. If you look, if you need help, look at the Ten Commandments. Like the Ten Commandments are values and beliefs and how we'll treat one God, ourselves, and others, how we will treat people. That is how you begin to build trust. Trust is is reliability, relatability, persistent, persistence, consistence, and diligence. So you have to begin to examine yourself, put up boundaries. What will you not go against? What will you not do? And then as the Lord leads, he's going to hold you accountable. Holy Spirit is the one who keeps you accountable until he leads you to people like myself. Here, sis, I'm an accountability partner to hold you accountable. So if we're going to trust the process, we have to understand that in order to trust a process to forgive, trust any process, we have to, one, be a, an, be in an acknowledgement of what it is that really needs to be healed. What needs to be forgiven? What is hindering us? What are we holding on to? If you're going to trust the process and go through the process, uh, the process is a system. It's a step-by-step. How can I trust the step-by-step if I don't first begin with, with knowing what needs to be changed? So build trust in yourself, knowing that who you are, who you're meant to be, rely on who you are, rely on who you're meant to be, rely on who God is, rely on who he's always been so that you can see that if I begin to walk this path, if I begin to go forward and say, you know what? I'm going to have a new idea today. I'm going to have a new thought today. I'm going to think differently about this person. Even if he or she acts this way, I am trusting, I'm relying, I'm depending, I'm being consistent, I'm being persistent, I'm being diligent about the fact that I, myself, will control what I do. I cannot, I, I cannot control them. I know, I trust that they'll be them. I trust that they might do this. But how do I guard myself and still be obedient? How do I guard my heart? That's what the Bible tells us to do in Proverbs. Four, I want to say it's Proverbs 4 and 23, is to guard our heart because out of the abundance of our, our heart, our mouth speaks. So what comes out of your mouth is what speaks. That's what I'm trying to get you to see is that we've been trying to trust people that out of their mouth has been speaking one thing, but their actions have not followed or their actions are saying one thing, but what they have said, what they have done 
it is double-minded. <laughs> you know, they can say one thing to lift you up and the next thing to tear you down. That's showing you what's in their heart. Jealousy and envy can be in their heart. So we've put our trust so many times in people who they're showing us in their hearts from what they speak and what they do of who they truly are. And now you have to begin to operate from a place of responsibility for your own heart, responsibility for your own body, your own members, your own mouth. Be responsible. That's the process. Now we're beginning the process. The process to forgive is being responsible for when you have put yourself in positions. Being responsible when you have trusted and believed in people who out of one side of their mouth, they praise people and out the next side, they damn them to hell. You have to look at people and you have to begin to say, what is the boundary? Am I going to keep allowing people to hurt me? So how do we do a process? Now you begin to say, okay, God, uh, I don't trust many people. I want to build a wall up for everybody. And the Lord is going to say to you, well, how are you going to build? How are you going to know who to trust if you're busy building a wall that you can't see through? May I challenge you, my friends, <laughs> strong friend. I need you to begin to tear down the wall, tear down the wall, tear it down and build a fence. The thing is with the fence and with the gate, you can see through it. You can see over it. You can be aware of it and you can protect yourself. You get what I'm saying? Like even if people hop over the fence and they're a thief and a robber, they're not trustworthy. You have your home, your house, you have your heart locked. Meaning not everyone has the key to your house because the way that they try to come in, the way that they present themselves, the way that you've seen them interact in conversation, the way that you've seen them treat people, the way that they've respected your boundaries, meaning your gate that you built, the fence that you built, the way that they respect the outside of you, the way they respect certain things that you ask them, hey, that's not what the Lord is having me do right now. Then you will begin to see if they are a thief or a robber. Then you begin to see if there's someone who is a squatter who wants to get into your heart, wants to get into your space so that they can take and leech off of what God has put in you. I know I pray that this makes sense to you, but this is how it is flowing out of me right now as I record this. And I want you to know the process is we have to trust ourselves first. We have to build the trust, the reliability, the diligence, the persistence, the consistency with knowing what God says and how he operates. Then you begin to adopt the same thing. So that means you will begin to adopt values, beliefs, and principles in which you live your life. You don't know who to trust. You can't trust anybody because you don't even know what you stand on. Strong friend, you've been a people pleaser. So you're standing on the principles and the beliefs and the values of other people and you're trying to figure out why you're still trying to be fulfilled. You will never be fulfilled if you don't know what you stand for. You will never trust anybody and be able to have healthy relationships with anyone if you do not know what you stand for. You will not be able 
to understand why God will take you left, right, up, and down if you don't know what he stands for, what he's about, why he would do what he does. We don't know everything, but God has laid out enough and he is drawing us closer to him through spending time with him, building that trust, building that dependency, building that reliability and relatability to him through spending time in his word, hearing messages and being in places like this, in this podcast of where I'm teaching you biblical principles. I may not be coming from the Bible all the time strictly, but I'm teaching you principles that if you look up the topic, you can find it in the Bible. I'm not teaching you from my own strength. I'm teaching you what the Holy Spirit has taught me through spending time and trusting his word. So the process, we talked about trust. That means having boundaries. That means being relatable, reliable, consistent, persistent, diligent with those values, those core beliefs, those, you know, um, those principles, right. Coming from the Bible. We know what we, we, we write them down. We, we look at who we are. We acknowledge who we've been. We've acknowledged where we failed. We acknowledge where we need some help. And then we begin to take the necessary steps to build First, to unbuild the wall. So the process of forgiveness is you cannot see what's really what. You can't see your future. If you have guarded yourself in by a brick wall, by a cement wall, by any wall, baby girl, you cannot see the future. You can't see the enemy coming. You can't see the lies coming. You can't see the blessings coming if you wall yourself in. So the process is how do I begin to tear down each situation that has caused me to not be able to see a brighter future? You have yourself, like Rapunzel, trapped inside of the tower of your pain, of your traumas, of your fear because of the fact that things have happened, people have not been reliable, dependable, relatable in a way in which you need that you've decided to wall yourself in. How do we get you out? That's the process. The process of getting yourself out is you beginning to see, does this particular situation, does this particular situation have a hold on me so tightly that I cannot see the other side. So how do I want to put this? Let's go relationships. I'm going to do relationships. So I'm going to go here. When I was 18, I dated a 40, he was 42 when I first met him. But because I was young and naive, I believe him when he said he was 35. And so I'm 18. He's quote unquote 35. Find out he's 42. I dealt with him for two years. So when he was 44, we, we lost contact. I, you know, I don't know where he's at now. I'm 32. So that's over a decade now. So he's in his 50s, close to 60s now. Um, and so the process, right? We're talking about the process 
of forgiveness, trusting the process of forgiveness. One, I did not trust that I was lovable. I didn't believe it. I was, I didn't believe that God had a plan for me in relationships. So I kind of was doing my own thing. I didn't believe that I could be healed from sexual abuse. So I was sleeping with and doing whatever I wanted to do. I met him on this site that was, you know, for hookups. It wasn't a dating site. So I met him on this site for hookups. And because I did not trust that God, I didn't rely on God, I wasn't believing in God, that he would have someone for me in this area, I started to date him while I was like in my last few months of being a senior in high school. So I'm 18 though, but he's decades older than I am. And so he lied to me and we were dating, we're dating, we're dating. And I fell in love. I fell in love. I fell in love with him and my biological father and my brothers on that side was like, oh, that's weird for an older man to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't listen to them because I didn't trust them either. Like I, I was, I was trusting my own insecurities. How about that? I was relying on my experience of what happened with my body and with being molested. And I was relying that my body was the ticket that would get all men to love me, which is not true, y'all. So please, please stop believing that. If you believe that, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> please stop. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the thought that I was that girl. Um, and so long story short, we dated on and off for about two years. Like I said, he was 44. I was about 20, 21. I, you know, I was getting to, I was 20 years old, just about, and I stopped dating him. The older I get, the more uninterested he was, he was, and the more serious I wanted to be with him. He did not want that, right? And so I end up being, getting pregnant at 19, but I end up having a miscarriage. And so it was very traumatic for me. It really hurt. And he played mind games. I could not trust what he, who he was anymore because some things that he said and then the things that he did, they did not align, but I ignored it because I didn't trust that God had someone for me. And so I was really deeply in love with him. And then, you know, we finally broke it off and, you know, I decided to at 21 to really get my life back to Christ and rededicate myself and really start praying for people. I was just doing more. I knew I was getting called into ministry. Well, in the process of me doing that, some things happened on my biological side, uh, like my dad's, my biological dad's side, um, you know, which ended up him being in prison. And so, um, I was just like, again, I'm not lovable. I'm telling you this because I went from a broken, depressed, naive young woman to maybe a a woman who was ready to heal, but was triggered back into that place of where I did not trust God's plan for my love life. I didn't trust God's plan for my healing and my restoration and my deliverance. I didn't trust it because things kept coming up that was showing and that was um, affirming, right? The belief that I was unlovable and my insecurities. So that happened. So then I met another guy online and that guy, you know, we were closer in age 
and we decide I, just because he said Jesus, I trusted him. I didn't check his character. I didn't ask him what his beliefs and his values really were. I didn't watch how he treated people, but I knew of a situation of how he of what he did, but I ignored it because I did not trust God's timing. I didn't believe that God was going to be consistent in healing me. You know what I mean? I I didn't believe that he was going to be persistent in bringing me into a, a, a safe place in a large place. It's a scripture that says he brings me to a large place. I didn't believe that he was diligent in his plan for my life. I didn't know that he already thoroughly planned it. Right. And so, um, I married this person. And so after I had the older dude, I married this person, maybe a year or two later, and I was with him for two years. And so for me, I was really like, oh my God, I'm so in love. This is going to be forever. And then divorce happened. If it like so many different things happened. And after two years we were divorced. So in that time, 2000, between 2015, 2014, 2015, I did not trust God's plan for healing in my body. I'm talking about the process, right? I, it's going to make sense at the end of this. I'm talking about the process. This is The process is when you begin to acknowledge what has been broken, the trust that has been broken, the security that's been broken, when, when you see that you were born into a into places and situations where people were not going to be reliable, safe, dependable, then you begin to build your life off of the things that were broken and you're constantly trying to fix them. And you fix them by either building walls or like to where no one can get in or you tear down the wall, you have no fence, you have nothing and it's a free for all. You either go one or the other. And so the process of me getting to forgiveness is I had to go through these experiences and realize that it was not me that who was unlovable. It was me who was not loving me properly. So how could I trust and trust anyone? That means to put in their hand all of my trust for them to love me back. I had to take that back. And I had to begin to look at all these people and say, okay, Lord, from this person to this person to that person who I gave my body to, who I gave my time and my emotions and I gave them to, were they really trustworthy? The thing was, I ignored the fact that I only came from a place of I have to prove that I am worthy. You don't have to prove your worthiness because those who have value within themselves can recognize value within other people. So when I began that process of dating these different people over these last couple of years, um, you know, about, like I said, almost like a decade ago, these last couple of, those last couple of years, I was dating different people and I had to really sit and begin to say, you know what, Lord? It wasn't always them that hurt me. I keep hurting me. The initial offense happened, but instead of taking the offense to the ultimate judge, meaning God, I just allowed myself to become the perpetrator. 
I took the identity of the perpetrator and I did not take the identity of Christ. So the process is this. You have to realize where you have built a wall for that no good thing can come in. No bad thing can come out. You have to begin to start saying, you know what? I need to begin to take down this wall first so that I can see the sun, so that I can begin to have a connection with God. So you take down what your parents did and what your mom or what she said and what you couldn't trust them. You take it down little by little and say, you know what, Lord, I need you to really show me what was the purpose of this. Show me what was supposed, what was supposed to come from this. And sometimes you don't realize the same places that you were hurt. There was something demonic deposited, but there was something uh, that was a blessing. What I learned from being married and divorced is that I was called, I was anointed, I was appointed by God, I was powerful in the spirit, and I was necessary. That God strategically put me in people's life because I was encouraging, I was, you know, empowering, I was inspiring. I didn't, I would have never, and I, I would have never known that if I had not gone through divorce. Why? Because the only thing I knew is that I had to prove that I was lovable because I couldn't trust other people to love me properly. So I was trying to manipulate people into loving me, but that didn't get me anywhere because guess what? The only wall I built up, the only thing that I could see was the, all the people who did not love me take down the wall of the of the memorial of those who did not love you are those who you couldn't trust the thing is did you really want to trust them start begin to examine did you want to trust them so now the process of forgiveness is we have to begin to look at the places the people the things that we have allowed because we didn't know what we believed in we did not know and so how do you how do you get to forgiveness you recognize that there's just not one party at fault in some things that there's two parties things that have happened to us we are not responsible for but we are responsible for what we do with what happens to us because after I've been abused, after I've been hurt, after I've been lied and manipulated, I have a choice to either let them go, let them know, let others know to hold them accountable to defend and fight for me, or you shut your mouth and be quiet. Forgive yourself for those times when you shut your mouth and you were quiet. Forgive yourself. That means let yourself off the hook. Pay the debt for that. God, Jesus paid the debt for that. But you begin to give it back to God and say, Lord, I need you to release me from this because I've built a wall. I can't see through it. I can't see over it. I can't see under it. I can't truly see where I need to go because all I have is the memory of those who hurt me and what, and what they did and how I felt. This is what I do know is that trust, I mean, excuse me, forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy. It's the constant, what can I learn from this? 
I release them. I pray for them. I bless them. You know what, Lord? They need to be accountable. Forgiveness can be a conversation. Forgiveness can come through a letter. Forgiveness, if God allows it, can come through a dream. I've had dreams of forgiveness where I have stopped holding people to a standard in which I set for them. And I just look at the situation as this is what it was at that time. Yes, they could have. They should have. They were supposed to, but they didn't. I forgive them. I I release them from this because at the end of the day, I may have been acting or I may have been clouded or I may have been influenced by my own pain. And so I know that doesn't make sense when we think about that. When I say that, um, how does this have to do with trusting the process of forgiveness? The process is realizing that everybody got their own crap. Realizing that the enemy is going to come after you because you are God's chosen daughter. You know, you are his child, his creation. He's going to come after you through people who themselves don't know what they believe, who themselves have had problems, and they have not found the the reasoning, the purpose, or the resolve of it. And I'm just saying that the process of it is really tearing down the wall. Stop building the monument. Stop reminding yourself. You know, at um, 9-11, there's Ground Zero. I went to Ground Zero in 2010 or 11, um, at the place where the Twin Towers were. And you know, like they read the names off every 9-11 or you go and you read the, like, the names. Stop visiting the memorial of things that have happened. You have to begin to say, Lord, I need to see you. I need to see the possibility of what could be in my life. And the only way for me to do that is if I tear down the walls and I begin to throw away these people break the covenant of, you know, break the soul tie. People know that break the soul tie. Say, you know what? I don't need them in my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. They were a liar. They were a scammer. They were abuser. I'm not abusive. I don't want to be abused. You know what I mean? Like I, I know began to say, you know what, God, I throw these things away and, and, and be honest with yourself. And if I pick it back up, I know that you have enough power that you're going to bring it back to my remembrance. And I'm going to remember, I am not going to do it. That's where your trust come in. Because in order for you to trust that you will get to the other side, you have to begin to operate from boundaries. You have to begin to operate from values, principles, and having uh, principles and and, um, beliefs that you are who God needs you to be and anything that comes in the way, anything that causes you to miss, to, to not see anything that comes to obstruct your view of who you're truly meant to be. You need to knock it down, knock it down by being honest with yourself, acknowledging it and confronting it and then releasing it. That's how you knock it down. That's the true process. That's how we trust the process of forgiveness. Is that knowing that people have their own stuff. Knowing that we didn't know it all. 
knowing that it hurt us, but now it does not serve us because we have better principles. We have a new foundation. I'm not taking what they did, what they said as my foundation. If it does not edify me, build me up to the place where I am my truest and highest self through Jesus Christ. Woo. Okay, y'all. I pray <laughs> that you understand what I'm saying and what I mean by saying trusting the process of forgiveness. This segment was This Will Preach, and that is the end of it. And I really want to share more thoughts about this topic as we go along. So be ready for a part two and three later on as Holy Spirit leads me. All right, let's get into the last and final segment. See you on the other side. We have journeyed through this conversation that I wanted to have with us on this episode. The process of forgiveness is a journey. I want you to know that. It is a step-by-step. It's as the Lord leads. It's as situation, you know, as the situations in your life calls for as your understanding grows, as your confidence grows. So when I say trusting the process of forgiveness, I have just been saying, start with self, examine self, begin to talk to God about what are the areas that you need to grow on first. The Bible tells us to take the beam out of our own eye. Or, you know, the speck out of our own eye before we get the beam out of another. It might be vice versa. It's in Matthew. Don't fight me on that. (laughs) Um, So this is our last segment. And it is our here's the flower segment where I give a woman her flowers for just being herself that relates to the topic. And so... I'm going to give, I'm going to give every woman who is trying to forgive, every woman who realizes that she's held on to the ex-husband, the ex-boyfriend, the ex-best friends, because you know, them friends can hurt us. For every woman who has not forgiven herself, released herself from the expectation that she should have been, she should have seen, she should have done. No, you were broken, they were broken, but now you are getting healing. Now you're getting accountability. Now you're building self-awareness. Now is the only time to worry about. Not yesterday, not last week, not last year, not 10 years ago. Now, and everything that you brought with you till this place called now, if it does not benefit you in in the manner of you being whole, if you cannot smile and rejoice for other people, if you get a, a bad taste in your mouth about the person you're thinking about, begin to say 
I need to release this because it does not align with who I say that I am or who I say that I want to be. So here's your flowers. Here's these flowers. They are going to be representative of what you need to give a memorial to. I'm giving you 12, 12 dozen roses, 12 assorted flowers. I need you to now memorialize everything, every thought, every situation, every relationship, and you give it a death date. You say, you know what? You had a hold on me, but now you need to die. I release you. I forgive you. I love you. Thank you for teaching me what it is I needed. Thank you for sharpening me so that even though I'm broken, even though I'm flying with one wing, that I've been able to get here to build my resilience, to build my wisdom, to build my discernment. Everything that was not good for you somehow taught something to you. It's that time, sis. And so I'm honoring you. I'm praising you. I'm giving you some encouragement and a jolt to begin to tear down the wall so that you can see brighter days, so that you can begin to use discernment, so that you can begin to create boundaries that are not un unattainable to for yourself. Don't give other people boundaries. Don't make your fence so high that people can't open the door. Don't make it so hard that people can't get through the locks or people won't be able to, you know, knock on the door and you hear, don't make it difficult for people to love you. The thing is, let's just begin to shift. I was talking to my mom earlier today before I recorded this. And I always, we talk about different things. We've been able to build our relationship through forgiveness. But one thing that I remember as God was having me prepare for this is that I had to begin to shift my perspective. Forgiveness is a shift of perspective. Forgiveness is a shift of power. I'm giving the power back to me to say, ouch, that hurt. I didn't like it. I, I'm not in agreement with it, but I have the right to say it don't feel good. And either you respect it or you don't. And if you don't respect it, then I have the power, the authority to take it to my father and to walk away from you. That's what forgiveness is, is a release of what is what was holding you, keeping you down. And it is a regaining of your power. I want to leave you with this quote as we end this episode. And this quote says, tell yourself I'm in condition right now to begin. I can't gain a thing by putting it off. I'll use the get ready time and energy to get going instead. I'm giving you the flowers, sis. I'm giving you the flowers, bro. If there's some people that you need to forgive, you're in the condition right now to release them first from your mind, from your spirit, from your soul. Break every soul tie. Say, God, I forgive them. God, I release myself. I release what they put on me. I release the bitterness, the anger, whatever. Start to identify what you believe people left 
on you and in you from sexual encounters, from conversations, there's emotional soul ties. Begin to say, I release myself from them things because it is not creating me to be the best me that I've always wanted me to be. And so you're in the right condition to talk to God. You're in the right condition to begin to speak to yourself through reading the word of God, through prayer, through meditation, through getting a life coach, getting a counselor, getting a therapist, whatever way it works for you and beginning to affirm and set boundaries and set principles and, and, and values and co- I mean, excuse me, beliefs that you will begin to live by. So now you will not be weighed down by what they released on you, what they put on you, what they told you that you couldn't do, what they spoke over you. You begin to break them from how you live. This is the end of this episode. And I thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Sis, thanks for listening to That's My Sis Podcast with your host, me, Jasmine Lanise, a.k.a. the Queen of Inspiration. I hope that you really enjoyed as I shared from my heart from the topic of trusting the process of forgiveness. Woo, child, that was a good one. If you've enjoyed yourself, felt empowered, and laughed a little, Come back for next week's episode as we host our very first guest on this podcast, the lovely Jasmine Stamps. She is a worship artist, a singer, songwriter, a worship leader, and one of my dear friends. I love her dearly. As we talk about honor, the vow, the process, and the application How do you honor God? How do you honor people when you've been dishonorable yourself and you need your own healing? How do you honor those who are hell-bent on honoring you? Girl, we're going to get into it next week. Are you going to be there? You better. So, I need you to subscribe. I need you to leave a rating and a review. Recommend this podcast to your friends and your family. And uh, until we get a a website, please email me at jasmilanise at gmail.com. The email is in the description. It's J-A-S-M-I-N-E-L-Y-N-I-S-E at gmail.com. You can leave your thoughts. You can leave topics. You can um, even nominate women who you would like for me to specifically honor on the here's your flowers. If you would even like to leave a voice recording of it, email me so we can set that up so they can hear your voice giving them the flowers. Follow me on social media at Facebook at Jasmine Haynes. Um, You can also follow me on Clubhouse at Jasmine Lanise. You can follow me on TikTok at I am Jasmine Lanise. I will be on there. You will see my lovely face. And until next time, please, 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 please be bold, be you, be free. Bye.